You are listening to Attitude Worth Catching with Karen DeRosa. For over 20 years, I have been working in the area of leadership development as a trainer, a speaker, and a motivator. Through those years, one of the things I have come to realize is that my true passion is helping people see possibilities. I have made it my life's work to connect with others through finding common ground by sharing stories and experiences. I always think there's got to be some way that we can connect. The purpose of this podcast is to connect with you, the listeners, by sharing those stories and experiences and things that I've realized as I've gone through the course of either training or just living life. I'd like to welcome everybody to another episode of Attitude Worth Catching. And today is a special episode. I've been waiting to do this one for, uh, well, a couple months of when I've been doing the podcast, a couple months, but I knew that this definitely was something I wanted to do. And I have a special guest today. Is the first guest um, that I've had on the podcast. And the guest today happens to be my fabulous son, Nick. Say hi, Nick. Hi. <laughs> Poor Nick. I roped him into doing the podcast with, with me. Actually, he asked if he could do an episode with me. So today we are going to be talking about um, defining moments. And there's a movie called Tin Cup that I absolutely love with Kevin Costner. And in the movie, and I may not get the words exactly right, but he says something to the effect that you can either define the moment or let the moment define you. And there are a lot of times in our lives that things happen. And in the moment, we may not realize that what is happening is truly a defining moment. What happens after that moment can either be something that boosts us in a forward direction or it can be something that possibly holds us back. But either way, that moment is one of those that you'll look back on in your life and think, oh my gosh, that's when things shifted. And um, I don't remember my very first defining moment, but having a child is such a great opportunity to see them have their defining moments. So before we get to Nick's defining moment that we're going to talk about today, I've mentioned in a couple of other podcasts that he plays hockey. And um, hockey was never really on our family's radar uh, because when he grew up, we were mostly in Arizona and we moved to New York and he decided he wanted to play hockey, which is now pretty cool because I can't imagine not having hockey in our lives. Same. <laughs> we, we watch hockey uh, all the time and love to watch his games on the weekends. So this season has been particularly interesting because he's a freshman in high school and he got to play JV hockey this year in addition to playing his regular league hockey that with the team that he's been on for several years. But the first story that I want to tell um, that I love, and I share this a lot in the classes that I train, when Nick played his first game as a goalie, which that is the position he plays, um, they played in a tournament. And the game was interesting. They lost 16, 16 to nothing. And, uh, you know, <laughs> in, in youth hockey, um, they tend, they do a gracious thing where once the team gets far enough ahead, they stop putting uh, score the score the goals up on the scoreboards. So. It was twenty four to nothing. But yeah, it was. We'll call it sixteen to nothing. It was yes. So there were sixteen sixteen goals recorded, and um, when Nick got off the ice, you know the team was pretty stunned. They're they're young. It is youth sports, right? But that's a brutal uh, thing to have to go through. Yeah. So he came out of the locker room. The entire and, game's on YouTube, by the way. Yeah, he came out of the locker room and. Uh, 
my mama bear wanted to wrap him in my arms and be like, hey, bud, you can play a different position. If you want to skate out, you want to do defense, you know, whatever, you could do that, thinking he may never want to be a goalie again after what happened that, that day in that game. And instead I thought, you know, what would I say to a, a coaching client? If I was coaching an executive that had had a colossal fail in their business or had made a mistake at work, something happened that maybe cost the company money, I would ask him good open-ended questions. So Nick came out of the locker room and I just kept a neutral face and I said, so what do you think? How'd it go? And the kid is always smiling and he says, <laughs> um, he says, are you kidding? It was awesome. Coach says I took 67 shots. Right. And I only let 16 of them in. And he said, and look at all the marks. Well, and look at all the marks on my pads. Like now I'm a legit goalie. His pads weren't all white and pristine anymore. He actually had puck marks on them where he had done some work. So that is a great example of a defining moment where he could have quit. This isn't for me. I'm done. But instead found the positive in it. And um, that was the beginning of his career as a goalie. And since then, that first season, they had a perfect record of no wins pretty much the whole season. And then the next season, they did phenomenal. They won all these games. Last season was brutal. Um, they had some challenges. And this season has been much better. So it's been like a roller coaster ride. That leads me to um, what Nick and I decided would be a good topic to discuss today. And that is his last game on the JV team for the season. And Nick, um, as luck of the draw would happen, got on the JV team with a phenom goalie. I mean, this kid, he's a freshman like Nick. He's like six feet tall, triple A travel kid, like OHL prospect. He's crazy good. He's love the kid to death. He's but I used to really didn't get to play too much. Yeah. So Nick Nick was the I'm not gonna say the backup goalie, he was the second goalie. So the other kid played Nick got to start I was the bench supporter. <laughs> the bench supporter. Nick got to start the first two games of the season, which were wins. It was phenomenal. Five to three, both yeah. games. <laughs> yeah, not not that we're keeping track of the score right. or anything like that. I mean, when you only play two games out of ten games in a season, you kinda gotta. You gotta remember. So Last game of the season, Nick had been under the impression that he was going to go in and get to start and play the game. Because our other goalie, we thought, went up to varsity, and he ended up just showing up to the game, like, uncalled for, just absolutely just showed up. He wasn't really sure. Communication hadn't been great. He thought he was, you know, thought, I'll just show up. I'm not sure if I'm playing or not. Well, when he showed up, he got the start, and Nick thought this was going to be his game, so much so that we had some people come watch the game specifically to see Nick play. Some of my greatest friends, some of like my friends' friends, like relatives, all that, and just yep. nothing happened. And Nick, uh, game starts, he's not in net, he's sitting on the bench. And um, I throw my gloves, yeah. throw my stick. So let me give them the parent perspective. Uh, you'll get to hear Nick's perspective as well. But Nick was sitting on the bench um, defeated. I've never seen him do that in his uh, his lifetime so far. Um, he's typically really positive. He's got always has great energy, bounces back from things. But he really was shocked that um, he didn't get the start because he really thought he was going to. And he put his head down. He threw off his glove, threw off his blocker. He was sitting there through a stick. I've never seen him do that, even in a game when things are crazy. And did not, didn't move. Just 
slouched down and I'm over across him. I know he can't see me, but I'm taking my hands. I know you can't see me right now either, but I'm like, you know, stand up, stand up. And was just thinking, oh, you can't do this. You can't do this. You, you can't let them see that you got down. And he, uh, so much so was in that posture that when they scored their first goal and the teammates, you know, come by the bench and they're all um, fist bumping and stuff with their gloves on about the goal and everything, he didn't even get up to participate in that. And I was like, okay, this has got to stop because I'm thinking to myself, 10 cup, right? This is a defining moment. You either define or it's going to define you. And as the game went on, uh, and the game went, the game went well. The, the other it's like goalie, a ten to something win. Yep, it was a win. It was great. Um, it. Re- I was curious how much it really, really bothered him. And um, we had a long talk after the game about things. And it. It was the first time I've really. It's hard when your child is hurting because you want to comfort them and you want to do and say the right thing. And I couldn't do or say the right thing at all that night because he was upset about what had happened. So. In the time since that game, uh, we have been talking about what he wants to do in his future. So we did the podcast on this topic because I did share with him um, when we got back to the house, I said, I know there's two things I tell Nick a lot. One is always do your best to think one second ahead. Like when you're going to do something, if you can learn that lesson when you're younger to think about your actions just once, one second ahead it could stop you from doing something that you're going to regret. And he's pretty good about that. The second thing was, I said, you know, it's not always about you. When you didn't get up to congratulate your team, several of them turned around when they went back out to center ice after the goal for the puck drop. And they did a double take looking back at you because they've never seen you down like that. And your energy could have impacted everybody else and caused them to take their thoughts off the game and wondering, hey, what's wrong with Nick? And, you know, at 14, why should he have to think about that? But I wanted to give him that perspective because he does have a really big energy and that does impact and it can impact people positively around him. So that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to let Nick share his perspective about the game and what happened afterwards. So... I mean, we're coming out of the locker room. We're going through warm-ups. Usually, we give the starting goaltender more shots. So, I obviously got more shots in warm-ups. But then, the communication between me and the coaches, the other goalie and the coaches, is not very good. They usually just kind of expect him that he's going to be starting a net. And once they kind of just looked at him, I knew. And I just hopped over the boards. I threw my gloves and all that. I mean, I looking back on throwing my gloves and my stick and stuff... I wouldn't have done it, but I'm not totally unhappy about it. I just don't think I should have slouched down and been all down and stuff because one of my buddies on the team, uh, when he scored, he, like, looked back at me and, like, pointed at me, you know, like, saying, get up, bro, like, stuff like that. And, I mean, that game really kind of tore me up. But looking back at it, I probably could have done a lot better and, like, understanding that I should just get up and shake it off because it's only going to happen once in a blue moon. So I think, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It was just really, really, it was almost heartbreaking that I didn't play the game because I was so ready to just play. And mm-hmm. I remember during one of the inter- intermissions, one of my buddies was playing rock, paper, scissors when they trying to keep me occupied on the bench. <laughs> Cause he's another goaltender for the varsity team. He's kind of in the same boat as me. 
I mean, they have three goalies instead of two, but he's in the same boat as me, better than the senior and the senior starts. So so after you had that game, we had the talk, a little bit of time goes by. What was the good that came out of that event? I mean, since that game, I I mean, I've put a bunch of shutout, shutouts up on the board. I've We've won tournaments, two tournaments since then. Uh, we've won two championships. I mean, I mean, I've done great since that game. I feel like I just realized not to get down on myself and how much that kind of hurt me and kind of hurt my play. I just kind of got really down. Yeah, that's true. And that's, you know, it's it's hard sometimes in the moment, right? Right. And you've seen me before, certainly, in the moment, <laughs> get upset about something or be sad or be, and then, you know, a few minutes later, okay, here's the good or here's the positive. And sometimes it's really hard to find the good out of that. Now, we'll say the conversations that we have had after that game, as far as hockey goes, and I, one of the reasons, I never played sports when I was growing up. Weren't you on the um, drill team or something like that? I was. <laughs> I was on the drill team. So she was I a band did, nerd, guys. I did. Well, I did band, too. I, I played flute. I was first chair in the state, but, you know, nobody's counting. Um, but I, uh, didn't play sports. And one of the things I love about youth sports is it's not about just having, and me raising my husband and I raising a good hockey player. It's about raising a good person. And I think sports gives them an idea of defeat and of winning and winning with grace and winning with humility and, um, you know, respect being respectful of the other team and the other coaches and their players. Um, so Nick and I have had conversations about where he wants to go with hockey. And, um, I think when that happened, you were like kind of down for just a little bit. Right. And then when you bounced back, what has that done for your mental state of mind as far as where you want to go with hockey moving forward? I mean, I feel like nobody's going to make it to the NHL unless you're like Swedish or some, he, some type of crazy. He is not our retirement plan. I will say that. He's good, but we're not counting on NHL. Yeah, well, I'm not counting on the <laughs> NHL, but I mean, I do want to take hockey to the pro level at one point where I can get paid because, you know, getting paid to do something you love is the dream. everybody's dream, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I like thinking since that game, I feel like in the moment I was like, and I'll just go play beer league and just, you know, take it to like... When he's 21. Yeah, like take <laughs> it to the bar or something. But no, I mean, since then, I've really thought about like, I want to take hockey as far as I can. I want to get better. I want to be on the ice all the time. Like it just really boosted my mentality. Like before that season even started, I even thought about like not playing hockey so I could go do something else, right? But then like that kind of lit a fire under my butt that I should get into shape and go play. And ever since then, I've done great. Like, I've looked much better. My save percentage has been better. Goals against, like, all that. All the numbers across the board have just been much better. And I just, like, feel, like, better about playing hockey. And I feel like I have a reason to keep playing to go pro. Yep. And as Nick was just talking, it made me, because, you know, if you know me at all, and some of you do, I'm always finding the metaphor, right? What's the lesson? And since Nick... Playing JV, he had practice every single day, Monday through Friday, plus he practices two nights a week for his um, league play that he has. So having the ice time, practicing, 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 creating precision, creating consistency has upped his game to a whole new level that he didn't really expect 
having not played at a JV level before. And anything in life is that way. If you are starting something new, it can be very scary and you may be excited about it and be, yep. <laughs> you know, ready to do it, but you, you don't know how you're going to do at it until you get into a routine and you're practicing and you're working on getting better and better and better. And that repetition and feedback that he gets, and even if it's not from the coaches, even just from his fellow players, and even from, you know, his father and I certainly don't coach him because we don't play the sport. We love it, but we leave the coaching to, you know, the coaches. The coaches. Um, but having that repetition and feedback allows us in anything, whether it's hockey or it is training like I do, or it is learning a new skill or talent or pursuing a passion, you're only going to get better if you have consistency and you're open to feedback and you're open to allowing yourself to learn. If Nick ever got to a point where he thought he knew everything about hockey and he was not coachable, that's not going to work. I mean, working in his, his a job, doing anything, you're going to get feedback and being able to receive that um, and be open to it is what's going to allow you to get better. I mean, I feel like I feel about it like that too. Like, I get broken down over the game, right? But my JV coaches, my coaches. Even my boss at work has even just said I'm, like, the calmest person, like, they've ever known. Like, especially for JV, when we were at the banquet and we all had to stand up and the coaches had to say stuff about us, um, like, they just said, like, I was the calmest person and he would try and shake me up sometimes and it would just never go. I would just be calm and I would just be like, okay. Mm -hmm. Like, nothing really gets to me that hard, but that certainly does sometimes. Mm-hmm. You may not show it as much on the outside, but you take it away and you kind of chew on it and think about it a little bit. And that's the great thing about feedback is you always have a choice. You can take it or you can not take it. Right. You, you can do something with it or you can just say, you know what? Nope, they're wrong. I'm not going to do anything about it. But when you're consistently getting the same feedback over and over again, that might be like a way to go. Hey, I, I guess that there is something to this. I need to do right. something about it. So, um, so anyway... Going back to the whole thing, um, I wanted to, we wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of hear the perspective because, of course, as a parent, the way that I look at things is different than the way Nick <laughs> looks at them. Um, but I've got to say, and I, I don't know if I've ever told you this or not, not a big deal, but I was very proud of him. I am very proud of him for how he handles things. Um, being a goalie is a lot of responsibility and he since he started playing is the first one in the locker room typically the last one out and likes to be a leader of the team whether they call him that or not he holds himself to that standard and I really respect and admire that because that's definitely a quality that I can see him taking throughout his life um outside of hockey like even though on JV I didn't really play like, when we were writing down the names for the captains, the coaches even told me, we didn't even do captains that year either, but uh, when we were about to do them, because it was too late in the season, uh, a lot of kids said they put down my name just because in the locker room I have a presence of being there. And same with the other goalie. We just were kind of a power duo, to be honest. And mm -hmm. it just helped my career and probably boosted his, too. Yeah, and that's the other thing. When so. you're around people who are better than you at what you do, you can either be intimidated by that or you can let that lift you up. And this other goalie and Nick did not compete with each other all season. They chose to allow each other to elevate their own game. 
And I thought that was really cool too, because Nick could have been intimidated and instead he watched this other goalie, valued his time on the bench and at practice. And I think that took his game up, right? To another right. level as well. So finding those people that you can connect with that, you know, you aspire to be like or have a quality that you don't have, it doesn't mean one of you has to be better than the other. It means you can complement each other. I agree with that. I like that. I'm gonna I have that on recording. He just said I agree with that. That was that was almost a mom, you're right, but I will take it. That's a good one. So close enough, right? Take yeah. it and get. So I think if uh, all goes well, we'll probably do another podcast together. This this was maybe fun. one where there's a little bit more fans, right? Maybe, maybe tell your friends. Attitude worth catching, right? Um, have them listen. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Nick Casey. Oh, jeez, yeah. So he's on Instagram, mm-hmm. of course. Uh huh. Um, but anyway, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. Did you have fun? Yeah. Would you do it again? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I is like you, talking about myself. Is your mom cool? right now (laughs) i will leave it at that remember to go out there have an attitude worth catching spread some kindness and positivity in this world we definitely need it hey but don't spread the coronavirus yeah yeah don't do that